hello, it's me, Lady Rampant. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Rampant Rundown, a socio-political podcast hosted by Glasgow's best political queen and high-heeled activist. Yes, it's me, Lady Rampant. I want to start off by just saying thank you so much to everyone who supported season one of the podcast. I mean, I was really quite pleasantly surprised at how many people tuned in each week. So thank you so much for tuning in and supporting us. So much so that we've decided we're back, back, back again for season two. But this time it's a Scottish election special. Yes, each week I will be speaking to affiliates from each political party in Scotland to find out what they can offer the LGBTQ plus community here in Scotland in the upcoming elections. Now, as always, you can find a new episode of the Rampant Rundown every Wednesday evening at 5pm on all good places that podcasts are found. You know the drill, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever you like, whatever floats your boat. Now, before I move on to speak to my very special guest of this week, I thought it would be a good idea just to highlight some facts and some information about the upcoming Holyrood elections and actually just Scottish elections in general. Also, because I'm a bit of a politics geek, as you might know, and I studied constitutional law in my undergraduate, so I actually really enjoy talking about this stuff. Um, and, you know, see if somebody had told me in 2017 in my undergraduate corn law class that I would be in full drag four years later speaking about the UK's and Scottish constitution, I genuinely wouldn't have believed you, honest to God. But anyway, here are a few contrasts then just between the Scottish Parliament and Westminster, which I think are probably quite relevant to mention here because they do play into the elections as well. Now, firstly, as you probably know, the Scottish Parliament, I mean, it is a parliament nonetheless, don't get me wrong, but it is a parliament of limited powers, shall we say. And that is basically that it can only really legislate on matters which are devolved to it by the UK Parliament, uh, such as matters like the economy, education, health, justice, things like that. Um, but the UK Parliament then, it actually keeps some powers that, and calls them reserved matters. and. That's things where the Scottish Parliament cannot legislate in and they're reserved to the UK Parliament, such as international affairs, immigration and asylum, and actually the UK's constitution. So what we're really voting for in these elections, in the Scottish elections, is for the Scottish Parliament to legislate on devolved matters. Now, as much as I wish it could, the Scottish Parliament can legislate to overrule Brexit or it can just decide to hold another legal indie ref because those relate to international affairs and the UK's constitution, which, like I said, are reserved matters. Secondly, of course, elections in Scotland are actually held every five years. So our last election here in Scotland was in 2016. And if memory serves me correct, it was the SNP who won that election uh, and they continued to proceed as a minority government in Parliament with support, of course, from the Green Party on some issues. Now, this year, the elections in Scotland are on Thursday, the 6th of May. So they're actually no long, like they've genuinely crept up on us. 
Um, but you can register to vote right now at gov.uk forward slash register to vote. And there's also the option as well to register yourself for the postal vote this year, which I think will probably be more will be used more this year just because of COVID and restrictions at, at the, the polling booths. So go check it out and register yourself to vote and the postal vote if you feel like it. Lastly, the voting system that we have here in Scotland is different to Westminster. And actually, it's a much fairer system that we have here in Scotland. So let's take Westminster, for example. They use the first past the post voting system, where you vote for one candidate from a party and the party with the most votes wins. Now, that's really easy to get your head around, but it's actually not the fairest voting system that there is. And actually, here in Scotland, we use a voting system which is a form of proportional representation, and it's called the additional member system. But basically, the additional member system aims to give political parties in Scotland a share of MSPs in Parliament in proportion to their share of the vote. So because of that, actually, we get two votes here in Scotland, as you'll know. The first vote is the constituency vote where you vote for a candidate uh, to represent your constituency as an MSP in Holyrood. And the second vote that we get is the regional vote. And that vote, you don't vote for a candidate, but you actually vote for a political party. So the SNP, Greens, Labour, Tories, Lib Dems, you vote for the party. And it's actually this second vote that is used to make up the overall representation of each of the political parties in Holyrood and make sure it's fair. I think the easiest way that I can really get my head around it is it sort of tops up the MSPs in Parliament in proportion to their share of their vote. Now, I know it's quite confusing. It took me ages to get my head around it when I was studying it a few years ago, but I really hope that that makes a wee bit of sense for you. But probably something else that will surprise you about the elections in Scotland which isn't a pleasant surprise, I must say, is that voter turnout in Scotland is actually very low. And <laughs> to be honest, it's quite embarrassing. Um, since the Scottish Parliament was actually formed in 1999, the voter turnout that we've had here uh, has been consistently low. It's been in the 50% bracket. So basically what that means is only half of people in Scotland are bothering their arse to get out and vote. <laughs> so... Basically, it's really important that you vote, of course, but it's also really important that you are encouraging your family members, your friends, your colleagues, your granny, anybody that will listen to you, tell them to get out and vote and get their ballot in the box on Thursday the 6th of May. Now, that's just some facts and information for you about Scottish elections in general, but I think that that's a good place now to stop and speak to our very special guest of this week. So now to introduce my guest of this week. He is involved heavily with the SRC at the University of Glasgow, working in many areas, including diversity and equality. But most importantly, he is the rampant rundown tech man with a plan. It's Tom McFerrin. Woo! Hello. It's so good to be back. Season two. <laughs> Season two. How are you, Tom? Good, good. How about yourself? You've been keeping well? I am really busy right now, thankfully, which is really good. I'd rather be busy than be twiddling my thumbs, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'd rather just be waiting at this time so that we can get to summer as quick as we can and I can get back on a stage somewhere. 
You know, that's the thing. The more hours we put in now, it means we can take more time off later and enjoy it. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to be making the most of the rest of this year. I am one of those people that have like really got my hopes up for summer now. Um, I know I, I promised myself I wouldn't do it, but I've definitely done it. So I'm going to make this summer matter, I think. <laughs> no, we're just kind of closing our eyes, crossing our fingers and just hoping for the best, aren't we? Hoping for the best. I'm not religious, but I might even say a wee prayer that we can get to summer <laughs> as soon as we can. I'll be praying to every god. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to then again since season one what have you been involved in and what you've been doing i mean it's been a it's been a, a, a god since season one it feels like a lifetime ago and it was only last year i know um i, know. I uh was working obviously in the src like you said and i've started a contract with the uni as well so mm-hmm. before christmas i was involved in a core team getting a, a testing site set up on campus for students mm-hmm. it's been so many tests carried out since uh I started my master's because, you know, 40 hours a week of work wasn't enough. <laughs> um, you know, just got it. As you said, keep yourself busy. Better to be busy than sitting twiddling your thumbs. Yeah. Uh, so, just lots of things. What about yourself? Oh, I mean, I've just been busy doing like online gigs from home. It's quite strange because at the beginning in the first lockdown and stuff, I was doing a lot of digital drag shows. But now I feel that it's a lot more interactive virtual gigs. So most of my gigs this time round are now on Zoom with like different organisations and stuff. And I think I actually prefer that because I get to speak to people as opposed to just watching myself perform. Uh, I actually prefer just like speaking to people, meeting people. So this time round, Lockdown 2.0 um, has been a wee bit better drag wise, I think. Mm. Uh, but I keeping busy nonetheless. No, I think that's, I, I definitely get the interactive part, you know, I think. It works so much better, you know, a bit of to and fro, a back and forth and that sort of front, you know, it feels a bit more like normal. And it's, I think it's, I mean, you'll know this better than me, but any other performers and stuff I've chatted to, they said it's just so much more relaxing for them having that like interaction yeah. with the people around them rather than going, oh, are they sitting at home just bored? You know, like you can actually, <laughs> you can actually have a bit of crack with them, keep them yeah. engaged. Absolutely. And I think that's also why I'm really excited about doing season two of the podcast because I'm going to get to speak to some new guests and like speak to people every week again and be in a sort of more interactive drag vibe which I personally prefer because I can chat for Scotland Um, and with that said then I was going to ask you that now that we are back for season two of the podcast which is a Scottish election special and I guess my main question for you then Tom is why did we why did we want to do a a Scottish election special and not just a regular season of the, the rampant rundown? Well, I think you know we look at uh, look at all elections worldwide and how many. Let's not talk about election controversy in the past sort of six months, but <laughs> you know I think the important we we we've seen the importance of people understanding not just who to vote for, but why to vote and how to vote, and yeah. you know getting that out there and not just not just voting blindly either. You know, getting that full encompassing opinion, getting that wide range. Uh, you know diversification of thoughts and and you know through a medium like this it's so much better you know how many how many graphics do we see promoted by parties on facebook and you know advertised posts from political parties and Mm -hmm. you know it it just becomes a big jumbled mess when actually you know pick up the phone have a conversation it works much better not everyone can do that so let's 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 do it ourselves yeah absolutely i think i would agree with that because 
I think right now, or what I'm starting to see is a lot of information circulated on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, and I think sometimes it can be quite hard to really pinpoint the facts and the answers and find out exactly what each party are offering or such has said this and X, Y and Z have said that and can be quite confusing. So I think the purpose for me of this podcast or this time around is probably just to consolidate hopefully a lot of information that is already out there and is across lots of different sources but sort of put that into one short podcast series and and short episodes and I think as well um, I think what we've seen from season one of our podcast which I'm very thankful for is that we had quite a large listener base and I guess I wanted to produce something again that would be of use to them And I think, of course, with the elections coming up, they are only every five years. So I think that hopefully, hopefully this season will be quite useful for the the listeners at home. 100%. And I think, you know, with everybody, everybody being so scattered as well, you know, we're not, we're not getting the traditional debates that we would, we're not getting the traditional Q&As or even, you know, people in the streets from parties, maybe chatting to people in the pub, you know, those sorts of interactions are gone. And, you know, I think, this is definitely filling a big, big gap that is like so apparent. As I mean, we're so, we're so close to the election, and usually around this time, you'd see people with flyers up all over shops and handing <laughs> out. And, you yeah. know, you couldn't go down twenty feet in Byers Road without someone trying to talk to you about some policy. Yeah, and true. you know, it's one of those things. Back of the day, you know, you're you're rushing to get the subway, and you're going, oh, "Can you just go away?" And now you realise, like, I'm like, who do you vote for? You know, because you you know you don't really understand. You know, there's so many issues going on that it almost gets so all over the place. It's like a spider web, mm-hmm. and trying to like pick out the key areas. It's so difficult for mm-hmm. anyone. Never mind in this situation we're in. Yeah, of course. And I think for me, especially, what is really important about these elections is um, the effect that they can have on the LGBTQ plus community because. For me, the LGBTQ plus community and these issues will always trump my allegiance to any political party. And I guess then that brings me to the question of why do you think that these elections in particular are so important for the LGBTQ plus community? I mean, personally, I think in from experience and working with the counts and things I got last year, and there was so many discussions around the Gender Recognition Act. Yeah. And there's been more and more in the media discussions around gender identity and recognition and rights and equal opportunities and especially in places like the workplace you know mm-hmm. there's always so many concerns for so many of my friends who are trans of you know what if i can't get employed you know that sort of stuff and it's yeah i think it's you know it's the same as going to a shop you you pay a pound and you're voting for whatever brand you buy mm-hmm. and the vote obviously in this case is you know it's not just as you said Political allegiance is one thing, but I think, you know, actually, how is it impacting your neighbor's work or your work? Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> does, are you, do you feel protected in your workspace? Do you feel that you can be yourself without discrimination and promotion? Like mm-hmm. these things. And in a climate where it's so hard to get a job, mm-hmm. people don't need any other reason that's going to hold them back. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would completely agree with you, you know, who, I'm not going to vote for a party if if there was a party that I previously didn't like, but they had policies and plans that mm-hmm. were right for this the LGBTQ plus community. Or, for example, 
people of color in Scotland and you know women's women protection you know there's been so much going on around gender-based violence and mm-hmm. I think there's so many questions and so much has happened that we you know we need to make sure that the people that get into these positions and who are representing us are not just re- representing your own yeah you know your own experience but actually what is the better good for humankind around you yeah absolutely i think i've seen a meme or something recently that it was like um vote for who would protect your neighbor or something like that and it made a lot of sense like don't just think inside of your bubble and and vote for what you are but vote for the the broader community and who is going to respect mm-hmm. and and deliver on the interests for that i think um obviously the scottish elections every five years and i think the next five years could potentially be really really defining for scotland um i think independence within the next five years will definitely be on the cards again at some point and hopefully if scottish independence was achieved i think that there is a, a possibility there um to redefine and possibly even write scotland's constitution um and i think with that there does come a real opportunity and with that opportunity could be to have lgbtq plus rights cemented in a constitution in, in Scotland. Um, even if even if independence doesn't happen, which I hope it does, there is still going to be an opportunity for change. And I think LGBTQ plus rights should really be, amongst other marginalised groups, at the forefront of that. Um, so I'm really interested to see what the next five years are going to bring. I think it's, it's a politically turbulent time, but I think um, yeah. especially for the LGBTQ plus community, there's a lot of work to be done. And I say that, but what I'm really referring to, I guess, is um, the trans community in Scotland. Like you said, there is so much work to be done for the trans community in Scotland. We are nowhere near where we should be for the trans community. And I think what we have seen as well in the last the last few years is some genuine blatant transphobia um, from some political parties in Scotland and, and some politicians. Um, and that that should never be the case. To be honest, there's no there's no justification for that in 2021 in Scotland. No. So, I think in the next five years we should really be electing officials who are going to stand up for the trans community and who are really going to deliver them the rights and protections that they mm-hmm. deserve. hundred percent. It's, it's it's the whole idea. I think we, we, people talk about a lot at the minute, and there's 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 two avenues you go down. You go equal outcome. Or you go equal opportunity, and I think at the minute, I think a lot of if you get, I mean, we're saying about Scotland. Mm-hmm. If you look at Scotland compared to the rest of the UK, even Northern Ireland, which has so many problems, there seems to be more things in Scotland happening where trans people are not getting the same respects and rights. You know, my mum worked as a civil servant twenty years ago, and there was trans people in her office, and you know, people didn't blink an eye in Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. and yet we're in a you know, it's twenty twenty one. And we're in Scotland and there still seems to be resistance to yeah. any. And I mean, you, you, you may agree. It's not about giving anybody more rights or anything like that. It's just equality. It's, that's yeah. all it is. And the fact that we're the, the fact that we're having this discussion now, that there isn't that same level of equality or safety or security, you know, is exactly why this election, I think, is so important, because it shouldn't be taken, it shouldn't, I, I think we're in a great opportunity that we can discuss this and try and promote change, but it shouldn't be down to us. The people that we've already voted for how many years ago should have already been doing these things. Yeah, 
I agree. And I think a lot of politicians have really shown their true colours over the last, since the last election anyway. So I think that this time round, it's definitely, it should be at the forefront that we are electing politicians who are going to do right by the LGBTQ plus community and in particular the, the trans community. But again, I guess that's a sort of, um, that's one aspect of the podcast. But season two, like I said, is a Scottish election special. So it's a wee bit different from mm -hmm. season one. And I'm hoping to speak to affiliates and members and politicians from each political party in Scotland, which I'm really excited about, to be honest, because most of these people that I'm going to be speaking to, if not all of them, are probably going to be strangers that I've never worked with. So I'm really interested to hear their views um, but that, again, brings me to my question for you, Tom. What do you think is going to be different than this time about season two that uh, was different from season one? So I think I think by the fact that this is, I mean, the blatant differences we're looking at are actually in it as a, you know, where are the political divisions? Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, season one, we, we had different people on. We had people who were, you know, looking at, you know, uh, safe, sober queer spaces. We had people who were already working in universities or mm -hmm. in the student side and these sorts of things, people working in wider society for LGBTQ plus rights. And I think this time, and I, I would say a lot of people probably were of same or very similar mind to what we yeah. were already thinking. And I think this time, you know, I, I think I said it in the, the end of the last season. I was like, you, you know, did. season two. You, I you did. really did. You did. <laughs> I said, I said, let's get people in. Let's get in some conservatives. Let's get people in with different views. Let's get people in who are, you know, are, there's going to be a few sparks. Because, yeah. because I think, I think that's actually, I think that's what the political sphere is lacking a bit at the minute. You know, there's not that disagreement in opinion there's not that you know people seem to they like to sort of peddle what they think people want to hear whereas i think we're ready to ask the questions you know to people who think differently and be like well why do you think that because i don't agree yeah. and a bit more of a productive but a bit more of a an argumentative dialogue perhaps but in a productive way and yeah that's, i think that's what we're looking to see <laughs> Yeah, I don't fancy getting into a scrap with anybody, to be honest. But what I do think would be really good is a constructive debate, to be honest. Like, of course, my political persuasions are no secret, but I genuinely, I'm really going to try and be as impartial as I can during this, because like I said, the LGBTQ plus community trumps any party allegiance for me. And I really am genuinely interested to see what each party are going to promise the LGBTQ plus community, because in five years time, I'm going to be looking back on these promises and saying, well, were, were these delivered? Like, did this party follow through with that in some aspect? Or was it was it ditched and not carried through? Because then that will influence my decision in the next Scottish elections. And um, if they if they didn't follow through, well, you know what? We've got it recorded. Yeah. And we've got, you know, you know show us the receipts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I've got the receipts. I can pull up the podcast episode and be like, hey, remember you said this? Is this still happening? I absolutely What's love it? it. I haven't even seen it mentioned since. Thank you very much. Yeah, 110%. And this is quite strange, but I actually like when people disagree with me. I like having my opinion challenged because I also think that's how we learn. Um, I think a lot with the season one of the podcast, I really enjoyed it and I felt very passionately about the topics that I was speaking about. But I think the listener base and my guests were all of similar mind to me or, or similar thoughts of, mm -hmm. of what I think. So 
sometimes that may seem like you're preaching to the converted, whereas this time I'm going to be speaking to people who I necessarily don't agree with their political views, but I really, really do care about the LGBTQ plus community. That is, that's mm -hmm. um, undisputable. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to say and what they're going to promise. And like I said, these people are going to be strangers to me. So I'm really excited to, to hear what they've got to say. Uh, you see, I'm, this, I'm exactly the same. People would often say, like, when if I have, like, a political opinion or a sociological opinion, I'm very outspoken. They're like, oh, you're 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 very forward with it, you know, with that. I'm like, but but that's what, that's what you're meant to do. You're meant to have, you know, there's meant to be discourse, there's meant to be debate, there's meant to be disagreement. And people are like, you seem very solidified and you're very, like, this is, this is all believable. And that's not true. If I look at my political beliefs from when I was 16 to now, it's like two different people. Of and course, that's, and that's and, allowed. That is the beauty of democracy. That is that is a good thing about politics, that you are allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to change your opinion, and hopefully you change your opinion for the better. That is absolutely yeah. allowed. Um, and I think what one of the things I don't necessarily like about politics is when people can be very argumentative and condescending about their political opinion and this is my opinion and that's it there's no space for any other opinion which we know an open dialogue in an open society that's not the case so just because you are barking your political opinion at someone on twitter for clout or for likes or whatever that is um that to me i don't like that i prefer the constructive open dialogue changing opinions and even if something comes from a party that i may necessarily don't like or or wouldn't really vote for if there was one good policy then i would be interested to hear that and yeah. i think that's part of being open-minded and hopefully constructive in the political sphere yeah it's 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 so true i think it's you know like and i'm i'm a, I'm a vocally like auditory loud person which i think as well <laughs> as well and I speak quickly. And actually, someone said this to me recently. They were like, "That might be misconstrued as mansplaining." Was that I was I was told sure. by my opinion? But I was like, "But if I well, for one, I was like, if I was <laughs> if I wasn't a man, you wouldn't say that." But it's but I've always taken anyone's opinion in. I have changed my opinion by having these sorts of discussions, and I like I like a bit of fire to it. I was like I was like it's it's politics. It's not meant to be civil. It's not meant to be everybody sings around in a circle you know like it, you're you're meant if my opinion's wrong tell me it's wrong if your opinion's wrong i'll tell you it's wrong but it's an opinion it's yeah. different you know i think that's what it is and opinions can't be wrong like it's at the end of the day your 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 thought process or your facts behind it might be wrong yeah <laughs> which we know with opinion. lots of british politics they are <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of the terms of facts are way off but yeah. um yeah, I personally am more inclined to be, like you said, you're not, you're like outspoken and like super, like I'll say my opinion. I am more the type that would rather the circle discussion. That's just, I don't know why. Like I am outspoken, of course, but I, I yeah, I would prefer the constructive discussion instead of the, the political, like, barrage. Oh, no, no, 100%. Like I, I when I say I'm quite forward and, speaking i think it's i think it's often just because i'm very passionate about these uh, topics of course yeah. and you and to be fair in most cases i'm usually speaking very passionately loudly and quickly on behalf of like you know people who have been disadvantaged or people who have yeah. you know for example been you know not given the same chances in life and that sort of thing and i think whenever i'm i'm saying that i'm like 
I, I you know I, I was literally talking to someone. I was saying, well, we we need to have more of this. Like that, we need you know we need to be protecting women in the streets more. And we were talking about that front, and I was like, if we have to be doing this, and they were like, that's very that's very forward. And I was like, I'm literally defending people because they have been let down, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't it, you know I think nowadays you can't get any, there's always going to be someone unhappy on one side or another, but having that discussion that this podcast this season two i think will really explore even more is understand not even just necessarily you know if you can change someone's mind that's maybe got a maybe slightly archaic position on things that's great but also you know i think even if they don't change their mind understanding why are they where they can't come from because it's it i think as a society there's Parts of society would disagree with everything, you know, depending on where you're from, how you were brought up, what your political beliefs were as a child. Mm-hmm. And I think actually even just understanding where people develop those ideas from mm-hmm. is how you can progress. Whereas mm-hmm. telling people, no, you're wrong, and never understanding why they're wrong or why they're maybe their backwards thinking mindset came from, well, then how can you progress if you never find the source? Of course. And I think that can be quite ignorant sometimes just saying, oh, well, you're wrong next. Like, I, I find that quite ignorant. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I have found from season one of the podcast was, like I said, preaching to the converted sometimes, but I found that there was a large listener base of people who, who followed me in drag and stuff like that, but family and friends of friends and other people who, who know me out of drag were listening to my podcast um, just to hear me in drag and different things. But um I think also that demographic is who I'm hoping to reach with the podcast as well, because that is a different democratic demographic that's not necessarily involved in LGBTQ plus matters a lot. So I'm hoping to reach a wide demographic mm-hmm. and, and we'll take it from there. But um, Tom, what do you think then? What is the goal of season two? Like, what are we really hoping to achieve with with this season? So I think in my in my mind, I think there's two things that I would I, I I really hope that like as an outcome we see. I think one is like an actual, you know, a a not a slightly informalized but constructive discussion platform that we can create where we can get these different ideas and different sort yeah. of opinions or approaches that we can actually put them in a a more accessible playing field than just you know these strict behind podium sort of discussion you'll get people yeah. you know talking to like a real person not talking because you're at a press conference at that front mm-hmm. you know in a real you know actually this is this is real life this is not you know a script that your spin doctors put together for you you know Absolutely. that sort of you know a bit bit more of a raw approach in a way yeah. from getting the opinions of these different political spheres mm-hmm. and also i think the main goal above that one is reaching as many people as possible so on on the coming towards these elections they can actually as you said you know it's political allegiance but then when you look at the actual issues maybe maybe someone will change the maybe get their their feet out of the quicksand and get pulled away from what we've been pulled into and can actually go well what is my vote counting towards like what is it contributing towards and is my vote voting for this party because I always have actually the best for other people? Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll show people that it isn't and they can vote more actually because it's what they believe is right rather than just what they've been told is right their whole life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really good. And I think it is quite important as well 
Um, like when I was growing up, uh, my family would just uh, vote for one party. So they would just say, oh, we're voting for XYZ because that, that, that's who we've always voted for. That's it. That's it. Who we're going to vote for this time. That's who you should vote for. But actually, I think these days, I think it's maybe a little bit different. And I think, um, I think it's really hard not to be political. If there's something political happening every single day on the news, on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think to be honest, making an informed choice about who you're voting for is is really empowering because you're actually using your voice, you're using your say, and you're getting to exercise your civic duty. Um, so I hope 100%. really that through the podcast, I we are going to be able to contribute to people making an informed choice. Uh, hopefully, if we can change some minds or, or whatever, then that would be fantastic. But as long as I think as long as we're contributing to the fact that people are going to make an informed choice of voting in the Scottish Parliament, I will take my heels off happy. I will be really happy with that if I've been able to contribute positively to to people making an informed choice. And I think, of course, with the focus of, we could have spoke about the Scottish elections, we could have spoke about tax, we could have spoke about employment, but by deciding to highlight issues that are facing the LGBTQ plus community, I think for me is quite important because like there's a saying with great power comes great responsibility. Well, with great visibility comes an opportunity. And I really want to use my platform and give this opportunity to give back to the LGBTQ plus community to raise some issues that are facing us right now and hopefully put them in an election setting and then see how we can we can vote for change. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so so true. So so I think that's an aspect. What you're saying there is, it's you know, taking away the bias that we get from like modern media. You know, newspapers can say they're not biased. We've all seen the headlines of the Sun. Oh, they are biased. They undoubtedly are biased. The house down boots biased. Exactly, and I think what we're doing here, this is this is the only form that we can actually say this isn't going to be biased. This is not where because we're bringing everyone in. Yeah, no, we're bringing so, every angle in. We're not just interviewing the conservatives because we're a right-wing newspaper, or yeah. we're not just uh, interviewing, you know, uh, the Greens because we're envir- environmentally left-leaning newspaper. You know, yeah. we're being like, we want you from here and you from here, and we want to bring everyone in. Mm-hmm. And you know, because if you follow it along, you know, you'll be able to hear it. They're going to get the same questions, but they're going to have slightly different questions at the same time because they're gonna be like, yeah. well, you're saying this, but your party hasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, or you're you're saying this, but actually. Five years ago, you said this. Again, they're back. <laughs> um, receipts, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, almost, oh, I think this is more of a unbiased investigative way of actually understanding, you know, the allegiance of a party to their, or a party representative to what their actual party ethos is and yes. whether they are, are they trying you know, for example, we were saying about changing people's minds. Are we going to get someone from the Conservatives who's actually, I don't agree with traditional Conservative politics and I'm trying to change it. You know, and we're like, well, you're the sort of person that maybe should be changing the party. Yeah. Or is it someone who is in, you know, a political party which you would expect to be, you know, aligning their views this way? And actually they're not. You know, I think mm-hmm. actually just really fully understanding, as you said, you know, don't just take the brand and be like, yep, it's that's Gucci. You know, actually find out, check the label, where was it made, you know. 
absolutely. Um, and of course, I've really missed recording the podcast, so my goal is to produce another good season of the Rampant Rundown again. That's one of my goals that we that I hope to achieve by the end of it, at least. Oh, 100%. And I think, I think this one, you know, obviously the issues talked about the last time and obviously all the different areas were so important. And we saw that we, you know, we did, we reached people and people were interacting and people were following yeah. it. But I think this, because it's so, such a topical thing with the upcoming elections, I think mm-hmm. it'll really, you know, Get, maybe put people's ears and they'll maybe be listening in a bit more being like well that's 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 interesting because that's maybe maybe that's maybe they hear something from a party and they go actually i prefer that mm-hmm. that mindset or they hear the party they're usually going for and they're like well i don't agree with that like you know that's that's why why would i vote for, you know i think yeah i think you know i think that's why i mean let's be serious the, the podcast is always going to be great it's you and me running it but um <laughs> if we don't say to ourselves <laughs> you know Got to back yourself. We're in a pandemic. Got to, you know, got to find a glow up somewhere. Um, But I think actually, the I mean, people who listen to this, they have no clue who's going to be coming into this yet. We do, but uh, But also, what I was going to be so interesting. Yeah, what I was going to say is, we're recording episode one right now. We haven't done any of the interviews or spoke to any of the guests yet, so we don't actually have any idea what's coming we have some hopes and we have some wishes and some goals so let's hope that they <laughs> that they pan out over the next few weeks oh yeah yeah I, i'm i think it's going to be a going to be a roller coaster on the run up to these elections so let's let's strap in they are going to be elections like never before and i'm really happy that actually this time that we're going to contribute to the scottish elections in some way through our wee podcast uh, at the thanks of our listeners yeah, exactly. I think that's I think that's a common goal between us. It is. It really, really is. Well, anyway, thank you so much for joining me this week, Tom. It's been fantastic to speak to you again. I'm sure we'll catch up at the end of the season to discuss it, but I will let you go now. Thank you for joining me and have a nice day. You too. Lovely chatting to you and uh, let's see how the season goes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Bye. Bye. So that was my guest of this week, Tom McFerrin. Isn't he a sweetheart? He is so lovely. I really feel very fortunate that I get to work with him on the podcast. He is a star. But that brings us now to the close of this week's episode, episode one. Next week, we will have a substantive episode where I'll be speaking to a member from a political party in Scotland, and they'll be able to give us an insight into what they can offer the LGBTQ community. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with The Rampant Rundown on Instagram, at The Rampant Rundown, where we will be posting lots of information and indeed the posters and guests for each week. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram as well. My name is Lady Rampant. You can find me at Lady Rampant. Just look for the queen with the red hair and the Scotland flags and there I am. If you want to get in touch with us for any reason or provide some feedback or some information, then of course you can also email us at therampantrundown at outlook.com and we will get back to you as soon as we can. So thank you very much for tuning in to listen this week and we hope to see you next week at Wednesday 5pm. Thank you very much and bye for now. Bye!